Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can't keep on playing this way. It's all right, us all going great, great, great. If I'm a Leeds fan, I'm fuming. had a cracking Christmas and you kitted out head to toe in Leeds merch. Always makes a memorable white Christmas when you pick up back-to-back wins and six beautiful points. Today's show, as ever, is a bumper one. We're going to touch on our game against Burnley and what could be a whole night of talking about West Brom, to be honest. Um, Obviously, Leeds United's 5-0 win away. We've got an under-23s update from Chris, another game of Guess Who. And to wrap up our final podcast of the year, we'll look back on 2020 highlights. Today's panel, I've got Lucy... Matt BB and Matt M with me. How are you doing, guys? Hey there, good fun. <laughs> good to hear. So I think let's get stuck in because, like I say, we could probably be here all night talking just about the West Brom game. So we're recording straight after the game's finished, which you can probably tell because we're all a little bit hyper. Um, I think given the result, we'll probably just get stuck straight into that for starters. So 5-0 away win against Big Sam with goals from Alioski, Harrison, Rodrigo, Rafinha and probably one of the best own goals that you're ever likely to see. What did you guys make of the performance and the result? I think if you could call it vintage leads. Um, if that's um, overblowing, I, I think it was. It, it was what we we got used to right at the start of the season: free-flowing attacking football, uh, a bewildered opposition that uh, that just didn't know what was uh, what was hitting them. And uh, it, it was just a, a joyous Christmas experience to see Big Big Sam gifting us five goals with possibly the, one of the worst performances from uh, a home team I think I've, I've seen in the many years I've been watching football. Um, I thought Rafinha was was absolutely unplayable. Um, for me, he would have been um, up for man of the match um, with Calvin Phillips, but uh, all round just a, a superb game. Great, great to watch. Yeah, absolutely buzzing with that result. Um, so happy for Johnny, man of the match performance. What what else could you you wish for? Um, I could see himself like winding himself up to shoot for that goal, and I was shouting at the telly. I was like, "Don't you bloody dare!" But what a bloody goal it was in the end. Um, I think I said in the last episode that we needed the six points uh, from these two games, and we've we've gone and got it. So job done there. Um, yeah, Rafina. I think he was desperate to to score against Burnley and. And then today, it just looked like he wanted to score all game. And he finally got that goal. Again, another stunning goal. Um, two clean sheets on the bounce. Yeah, really happy with that performance today. Got no complaints whatsoever. I don't, I don't really know what more, more I can add there. I just think I think you just contrast the, the two the two wins. Like, we said, you know, obviously, we did a Manchester United uh, post-match podcast. And, yeah, it won't. It won't. <laughs> The best sounding one we've ever done, have we? The last one, and we were talking about these next two games, you know, big Sean Dyche and and big Sam. And I'll be honest, I think we we're all pretty much worried about, you know, these two games over Christmas. Uh, I know I certainly were. 
But to see us do a Burnley, to a Burnley, and 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 scrap out a one 0 win, and then do what we've done tonight at West Brom, they're just the contrast in performances are, are fantastic. You've got a old school gritty out one nil to Leeds at Burnley, and then you've just Barcelona at West Brom, absolutely bamboozled them. 662 passes to their 155. Absolutely phenomenal. And and the best thing about it for me, two clean sheets as well. And Paul Merson can stick it up him as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think your um your comment on the fact that there was such a difference between the two games is really really valid as well. And I think do you guys think that there's something in that victory at Burnley giving us that kind of edge and that confidence going into tonight's match because we'd kind of proven that we can fight it out for that 1-0 victory when we need to. It doesn't have to be 5-0, like, pummelings every week. Yeah, it's that, it's that adaptability as well, which has really pissed me off this season with your likes of Paul Merson and Gabby Agbonlaw and anyone on TalkSport who gets a microphone. Seems to have an opinion and seems to say that we're just gung-ho and, yeah, it comes across that we are that. But we have got these 1-0s in us and scrapping it out. We saw that at Bramall Lane earlier this season and, you know, we said we need a few more of them and, and and we definitely did it against Burnley. But then, just like I said, the contrast to how we can perform against West Brom and, you know, granted they were poor, very, very poor. Did they, look as, did they make us look good? Probably in a in some sense, but not, not all the time because we were like a rash. They just looked like they didn't have any options to get past us at all and, I think to a man, every single one of them were outstanding tonight at West Brom. But Alioski for me, like obviously Lucy, you'll be absolutely buzzing you tonight. But um, it, what a goal! Absolutely, what a goal it was, and, and what a performance from him. I've, I've been, I've been sceptical. We all have. We were all talking about potential left backs coming in at January. Now we don't need to worry about it on, on performances like that. I, I thought in, in terms of um, our defensive game tonight, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> It's a confidence thing, isn't it? We, we were falling to pieces um, every time we, we had a corner in the uh, the game at Man United, um, and, and and probably many others before. Every time there was a free kicker or a corner, we were crumbling. You could see we probably have. You, you're right. I think we gained something from that win against Burnley, where we'd really like ground it out. Like you know, I really you know, tick back the years here. You know, George Graham style um, against Burnley, and once you know you can do that. Well, it didn't look as though West Brom were ever going to score from a set piece in that game. And I think it has given us that belief. I mean, and I think, as you say, Matt, when you look at those two games, one against, um, you know, Sean Dyche's very physical Burnley side and then a big Sam side, you're thinking, all they're going to do is, is die for free kicks and get corners and they'll probably end up losing two now. Um but we 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 didn't. We we played out with confidence, and we we had that adaptability. That you know, as you, as you say, you're. Uh, I mean, try living in Birmingham. Every every return, you've got um, you know, Stan Collymore's and Gabby Ogbonlahor's commentating on local media. Um, but um, you, you did. We we proved we proved the doubt was wrong. That absolutely, and that's that's brilliant. I think that's probably a good time to give Pascal Strauk a bit of a shout out because, like you say corners has been um, a big weakness of ours up to this last couple of games and, and over the two games we've actually faced 15 corners without conceding a goal which might sound something that teams should be doing week in week out but for us I think that's been a huge turning point so I think we'll touch on the best goals of the season um, so far a bit later on I imagine a couple of today's goals will be sneaking into that list but uh, I think we know who Lucy's going to go for on today's goal but what do you guys think was the best goal scored out of today's four from Leeds players? Sawyer's the West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was magical, wasn't it? It'll be on what happened next on the question of sport, uh, but that's been ruined that game, hasn't it? Now because of social media. But um, <laughs> I think um, oh, they were all brilliant. Like even Jack Harrison's was was something special, wasn't it? Let's be honest. I think they, I think they were all brilliant. They're genuinely yeah. fantastic. Rafina, what a player! What a steal! Seventeen million was it? Absolute steal. Oh, I think he, he, he is absolutely value for money at £17 million. I <laughs> can't believe I'm quite saying that. You know, if I bulk at paying more than £5 for a pint of Stelly, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, in the money markets or anything. But yeah, he's value for money. And um, 
I, I, I struggle. I mean, in terms of, I, I really, I was blown away by Harrison's goal. That little turn where he sort of like he, um, he sort of back heels it, you know, around the West Brom defender. Um, I, I thought that was great, but just the exuberance uh, of Rafinha's goal, I, I just thought it was just superb. Absolutely wellies it. No chance. I mean, that that for me was the best one. Yeah, definitely Alioski's goal for me. Massive, massive fan of, of Alioski. Um, but like Matt said, all, all the goals were really impressive. I thought, um, yeah, like Jack Harrison's, I thought he, he'd sort of lost the ball in the box and I thought, oh God, he's, he's mucked this one up, but he managed to find it in the end. But um, yeah, can't can't complain about any of the goals. I thought they were all fantastic. But yeah, yeah, John is, sits, sits top of the tree for me. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I think I'm giving Raf my goal of the match. I just thought that it was so smooth. The movement was so fluid. And also that getting the nice FPL assist points from Dallas. So that helped. Um, of the five goals, no goal for Bamford today, although he did get two assists. Um, but I think it's nice to see a real spread of goal scorers, isn't it? Because, you know, obviously Bamford is pushing for that um, golden boot, which might sound a bit silly, but absolutely why not? So it's good to see that we've got goals coming from all areas of the pitch. I think that's four goals in four games for our fullbacks. Did you guys expect that we'd be here at the start of the season? No, I, I didn't. I mean, I, I, I don't really know what I expected. I think um, I'm, I'm terrified of anyone pulling out a quote from one of the earlier pods where I said I thought we'd finish sixth after our first two or three performances. But um, in all honesty, I had no idea. Um, to say you're on, you're on 23 points now, as you go into the new year, I, I, I think that's a superb return. And certainly given some of the um, the results you've had go against us, which I think lesser teams would, would would be crumbling and would really have had their confidence hit. We have that uh, that power to bounce back. We 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 have that resilience. So um, I'm I'm just really pleased with where we are. I couldn't be happier, really. Yeah, definitely happy with where we are at the minute. I think um, obviously. It's quite worrying when obviously we'd, we'd lost Cock and then we'd lost uh, Lorente and Cooper and you're looking at the team and you're thinking, bloody hell, how are we going to fill these fill these slots? But obviously Struik's come in and done an absolutely incredible job last two games. It shows the, the with the two clean sheets that we've kept. Um, taking points from, um, uh, taking a point from Man City. Um, some of these... 5-0 games that we're involved in, these these higher scoring games. I think we, we can't really complain, I don't think. I think we, we can only get better from here. So I'm just buzzing for the rest of the season. I think you've got to look at like these two games, a massive you two games in 48 hours and you know, six goals, two clean sheets. And you know, these are established Premier League managers we've gone against Bielsa's gone up against and he's in his adapted his style, like we said, but yeah, like Lucy said, I think we've had some memorable, memorable games so far. You know, you look at the City result for me, it's, it's a massive standout to go toe-to-toe with Guardiola and his players. But you even look at that Liverpool game, that opening game of the season, what a game that was, end-to-end. You just didn't want it to finish, did you? But for me, I think you look at going to Villa Park and, and turning them over at 3-0 is, is a standout one as well. But yeah, I think it's it's... It is what it is, you know. We 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 definitely, definitely, definitely entertaining, and people want to watch us. People don't want to watch a Fulham nil, Southampton nil. They want to watch Leeds United, and yeah, you're definitely guaranteed goals and entertainment. And and it's it's sometimes not not good for the old ticker, is it? Being a Leeds fan now these days. But um, I don't know about you guys, but tonight at West Brom, I think it's like three or four. And I just I just feel a little bit overwhelmed sometimes. Like it don't feel real. It don't feel like. Leeds, especially when you see people like Lee Peltier playing for the opposition. Don't forget, he was our former captain. He was our leader. And he was a complete shambles of a player for Leeds, and he was tonight. And that was just a little glimpse of the past of what we what we were. And I just remember looking at him, losing possession and thinking, my God, we've had it hard and we've had some shit of it years. I mean, on a, a similar vein, we've had a week of pundits and commentators kind of questioning our ways and Bielsa's philosophies, asking whether we're going to get find, found out, um, suggesting even that we might be in a relegation battle. I mean, I'm just looking at Twitter now, obviously after the match, and Karen Khan has said something ridiculous about us only getting promoted because of COVID. It makes wins like this even sweeter, doesn't it, when you can kind of prove the doubt is wrong? Uh, yeah, I think I think they're only doing it as well to get a reaction out of Leeds fans. 
and we, t- we seem to buy it. I think TalkSport are renowned for it. They absolutely love it. They flip-flop so many times. Tomorrow morning, they'll be talking about European qualification for Leeds. Now, you watch. But they don't know what they're talking about. They don't... I think the CBL so is a man who doesn't speak a word of English and just think he's arrogant, but he's an absolute genius. And I don't know if any of you caught the full-time whistle where little Sammy Lee went running up to him. God knows. He probably asked for his autograph or or something to scribble his autograph in his Disney Disney autograph book that he's got or whatever. Bielsa were having a full conversation in English with him. So it is, you know, it is true. He, he does speak English and I just think he just pisses pundits off. And I think more, may, may it continue, in my opinion. It was definitely a bit of, it's, it's been a change, isn't it? I think when we went up, there's an awful lot of positive media coverage for Leeds. But it's, it's like anything, isn't it? If, if you are different if, if you're successful in the way you do things that the British media will try and tear you apart and they have turned on Bielsa um, <clears throat> in the last couple of weeks um, that he's a one-trick pony but I think you know I think as Matt says you're not understating it to call him a genius he he, um, he, he if, if you sort of you know, read read up about the guy um, you know he, he sort of transformed football in Argentina um, you know, and he's revered um, there and, and in Spain. And, you know, for the likes of um, Alan Brazil to question him, you're just sort of thinking, well, you know, where do you get off, mate? You know, it's um, it's completely not, it's not not in any way credible. But um, he's proven the doubt was wrong. He's uh, he's doing it on the football pitch. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's sweet to, uh, to, to to respond in that way. We've got some um, fan thoughts on today's match from um, you lot on social media. Derek says, I'm glad that we're not just about eking out 1-0 wins and that we do have a plan B. El Loco says, as a Leeds fan born in West Brom and working with a few West Brom fans, I'm looking forward to them telling me that the burnout will relegate us. Um, SJB says, the worse the hair gets, the better the football gets. <laughs> and Charlie Phillips um, raises a good point that the difference in the direction of these two teams is that we bought a few brilliant players who fit our system while they stood still. What do you guys think about those comments? I think the last one, particularly with us touching on Rafinha earlier, um, really showing that our recruitment has, has massively helped us as we've stepped up to the Premier League. I think if you if you look at the um, <clears throat> if you look at the, the, the two respective squads, are absolutely um, when you, when you sit there and look at the look at the team sheets that get just before kick off, there was no one when you actually looked at it in black and white that, that really worried you in the, in the the West Brom side. They just haven't really progressed. Um, since being in the championship, we have, you know, we have, we've, we've gone for quality. Um, Rodrigo and Rafinha are just miles ahead of, of, of any of the West Brom players. So I think that last point is just, just really hits the nail on the head. Um, and Matt, you know, I, 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 I had those same thoughts when, uh, when, when I saw Lee Peltier was still playing. I mean, my first thought was, what on earth is he doing in the Premier League? You know, I thought he'd, he'd probably retired or was playing in Cyprus or something. So I was uh, deeply surprised to see him. But uh, yeah, for fair points. And yeah, I like, I like the one about the hairstyles. They, they are uh, getting rather interesting now, aren't they? This season, we've partnered up with The Terrace and you can get 15% off all their merch at terracestore.com. So fill your basket with the quality LUFC gear and add RITGK15 at the checkout to get your discount. Enjoy! Leeds under-23 squad have been on a bit of a roll of late, so who better to join us right now than our very own under-23s reporter, Chris McMenemy. Hi, so it's been it's been a great year, but the 7-1 over Fulham, it kind of it, it capped it all off. It was the perfect tonic after that match that we'll not speak about ever again and so it was 7-1 against Fulham, Fulham like they, whenever I sort of looked at the table a few weeks ago they were struggling but the league the under 23's league is mental it's something like 10 points separate top from bottom so Fulham went into the game a few points off Leeds but well in the chasing pack in fifth place but it was a pretty strong lead side they played it was Hernandez, uh, Roberts, Costa, they all played and scored. Paveda set up three goals. Um, well, technically two, but uh, I'm giving them the own goal. And there was plenty of good performances from the likes of uh, Charlie Cresswell and Drame and my boy wonder, Joe Gilhart, came off the bench and scored and uh, missed a penalty, but I'll allow it because he 
he set the penalty up by beating about five or six players. But uh, sort of key talking points from that game, um, Hernandez was fantastic. It's kind of funny. You see some people on social media saying, oh, like, you're playing all, all first-team players in the 23s. Why are you doing that? And you go, no, no, we're not. And then you realise that like Pablo Hernandez, who's played in the Champions League for Valencia and is old enough to be some of these players' dads in certain parts of the world. Anyway, um, it's true he's that. Playing. And he's, <laughs> yeah, like, he's, some of these boys are only 17, 18. I mean, he is 35, but uh, he was brilliant. Um, Roberts played up front. I, I feel like I'm quite harsh on Roberts, but I don't know. I just... I think if a player's doing it in the number 23s and he's coming out of the first team and he comes into the first team and he's not doing it, then you, you do have to wonder, is he up to it or would it be better to send him out on loan? The same goes for Helder Costa, but I don't see him going anywhere because he's quite probably on quite a big wage and costs a lot of money. But I thought Paveda was very good, uh, but no, he was brilliant. Um, uh, these under 23 games, you get a lot more space than you do at the first team level. And like, if there's one player in that in the sort of between the first team and the 23s you don't want to give any space to it's Paveda he's lightning um, apart from that uh, I thought I would touch on Jack Jenkins he was sort of you watched the game and you thought he didn't do that much but everything he did he did brilliantly because he was playing as a, the, sort of the holding midfielder and he didn't have all that much to do because of basically Leeds were in control of the whole game, so he was just the conduit between the defence and, and the attack. But he's been one of the standout players for the 23s. Not in the sense that, that Joe Gellhart's been banging in the goals and you know all the highlight reels have been beating four or five players or Sam Greenwood scoring goals and he's moved into midfield. You know, like, that's the ones that everyone's talking about. But Jenkins has been quietly going about his business, um, playing either as the holding midfielder or more in the Mateus Klitko, sort of a number eight, and he's he, the fact that he's he, he's sort of stepped up from the under eighteens. He played it for a bit last year for the twenty threes, but now he's probably one of the first names in the team sheet when he's fit for the twenty threes. He's been very very good. Quick one on Jenkins, and so obviously Click limped off today. At yeah, Do you reckon he'll come in, Jenkins? Spurs um, next, maybe the Crawley no, game potentially. I think I could see him playing against. I could definitely see him playing against Crawley. I think Shackleton will probably play. I mean, I, I still don't believe that Click's injured. It would be the most 2020 thing to happen if Matthias Click actually got injured. I think we'd just write this year off as a, as a bad deal if he's actually, you know, if he, <laughs> yeah. if he, if he can't play. It could, but, it could uh, do with a game off, to be honest with you, Paul, I'd come to. Yeah. Hope, I mean, if they play him against Crawley, then there must be something in his contract that he has to play every single game because, like, he, he, he never gets a rest. He always looks tired as well, but he's he's still he's still going. No, I I'd, I would say you'd see Shackleton in because Shackleton he provides he can play right back and you can push Dallas in the midfield or he can play midfield himself. I'm not I'm actually not too sure if if he's better at right back or midfield yet. I just think that the game sort of passes him by sometimes when he's in midfield. He was brilliant against Aston Villa, mind you, but sort of Le- Leicester and uh, Leicester game he, he he got caught out a little bit. Uh, Jenkins, I really like to see him play against Crawley. I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know if he'll start. I would like to see him get definitely some minutes anyway, because it, that's probably the only opportunity. Like you, you don't want to be taking risks, bringing uh, under twenty threes into the first team for the first ever game. You know, uh, away to Brighton or something like that, because it's quite easy to get sort of eaten alive in the Premier League. But I think a FA Cup game that. They're probably not going to be all that fussed about. It's definitely a good opportunity for him to play, and I'd like I'd like to see him in there with maybe with with Stroik in in holding midfield behind him, and Charlie Cresswell hopefully starting too. It's one of the centre halves. I think he's he's got a lot better since that game against Hull in the League Cup, where he kind of got lost the first ten fifteen minutes and spent most of the rest of the game feeling his way into it. But I think um I think he's definitely worth giving the ninety minutes in the cup too. Just a quick one, Chris, just on the season and, and really just the last year as a whole. Do you see the influence of Bielsa through the squad in the youth teams and the academies as well? Like um, as much, yeah. obviously, as we do within the first team. Do you think that's starting to filter through through all the age groups now? I, I was about to say, I think even more so, but I actually don't even know if that's possible. But um, he, yeah, definitely. I think 
not only in the under-23s, because some of that you could maybe have put down to Carlos Corveran and, and the recruitment, but the guys coming through the under-18s, like Cresswell and Casey, over the last couple of years anyway, Cresswell and Casey, uh, Noah and Kenny and Jenkins, I think they've come through and they've, they fit into the system perfectly, and which at 18, 19 is really hard to do. I think Jenkins, I've written an article for Rick McGarry Kelly's saying that I think he's one of the ones to watch for 2021, which is really a lot to sort of put on his shoulders. But for someone who's come in, he played a handful of games for the under-23 last year, but he's come in and played in uh, both of those midfield roles, I think, are very, very tough. And he settled in perfectly. And like he just looks like, like Jamie Shackleton did, like Robbie Gops does. Just one of those midfielders who can do a little bit of everything, which is exactly what Bielsa wants. So I'm sure he's been... He's been working, I know the first team, the 23s, but right through the club, it seems that these young players are coming through and every single one of them can pick a pass and attack and defend. So I'd say his influence goes well beyond just the first team, the 23s. Exciting stuff. Thanks very much, Chris. No problem. So it's been another busy week in the world of Leeds United. Here is your whirlwind roundup of Leeds news in 40 seconds. After the 6-2 defeat to Manchester United, every pundit in the land started to question Marcelo Bielsa's tactics. Turns out they don't know what the f*** they're talking about. That prompted Marcelo Bielsa to give an absolute masterpiece of a response which lasted 40 minutes, outlining how his Super Leeds team was superior than that team over the Pennines. Meanwhile, Leeds under-23s continue their good form after romping to a 7-1 win over Fulham in the Premier League, extending their lead at the top of the table. Leeds did a Burnley on Burnley and scrapped to a much-needed 1-0 win, which was a thing of beauty. Bielsa made it two wins from two against English managerial legends as Leeds crushed a victory over Big Sam's West Brom. Woo! I love that bit, that's my favourite part. <laughs> Smashed it. Anyone want to do the weather? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> freezing. Dog was refusing to go outside to the toilet. Hi, I'm Don Matteo. There's nothing more than I like doing when I'm sat in the rock bar. Listening and writing to thegarrykelly.com. Writing the gallery. <laughs> you can edit that, can't you? So we're dialing um, Matt B and Dan in with us now so that we can do a bit of a roundup of 2020. thought we'd review the season so far because obviously it's been such a memorable one. So we've looked back at the best games, best goals, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the guys are going to give us their thoughts on that now. To kick things off, who... Well, sorry, what would you guys say was your favourite game of the season so far? I think it was the opening one against Liverpool. Um, I think it was a statement of intent. Um, it was one of those strange games, a defeat that feels like a, a win. Uh, I, I thought it was it was great. High octane entertainment. That's my favourite, even though we lost. Now, I was going to... Um, I would probably say the Man City game. Um, I thought that was a really good game of football rain throwing down thundering tackles great football for 20 minutes you know we were playing against the best team in the world weren't we and then after that we just grew into the game and we gave it to them it was like a 6-6 game that finished 1-1 really and um, I just really enjoyed that game I think you know we could have easily won it we could have lost it you know um, I think that game had everything it was just um, a good game of football between Bielsa and Pep really did you just love that game? Just just the same hug at the end? Was that the, the moment it, for you? It or? was a nice hug. I think after the Bilic and Bielsa hug of last season, yes. that was probably one of the better hugs I've seen in football, I have to say. I think, I think I've think i got to agree with Dan. I think it's one of them games where you just didn't want it to end, did you? I don't think anyone did. Um, you know they'll be playing it for like... 50 years to come, you know, like the proper game of football. You know, imagine football in 50 years' time. And they'll say, oh, back in day, football were great. Yeah, look at this game when, when Man City came to Allen Road. 
on a on a wet and cold Tuesday. Would it be Tuesday night? I'm gonna say Tuesday. Or would it a Monday? It was Monday night, wasn't it? Um, and they'll be showing how good football was back in the day, and that'll be the game they'll be showing. It's a tough one, I think. I think we've had so many great games that we've we've enjoyed. Um, I think mine's probably uh, Villa away, 3-0 win. Um, Bamford hat-trick. I think that was probably one of the, the most standout games for me. But then also um, the 1-0 uh, win at Everton, because they were sort of the informed team at the time. Um, and I think we we went into that game not expecting anything from it really um so yeah but yeah i think the villa game was definitely my favorite of the season so far you're all refreshing me on uh it seems to i seem to forgetting how many games we've played this season but um there's been quite memorable ones aren't there really i think um i think uh matt and dan are probably spot on for me for the fact that when you i know it's meant to be one but i think it's either the man city or the liverpool game just for the i think those were um Especially the Liverpool game, we sort of went into it. Even though we lost, you sort of got, you came out with a sense of, oh, we were actually good, we're good enough to be here, and we this is we, we belong playing these big teams. And you, and that was the same with the Man City game. You, we were going toe to toe with two of the best teams in in Europe in those games. And like I say, you only take a point from it, but just the way that we play in those games and um, the satisfaction you get from, uh, but just like tonight when. You get pundits just spouting absolute rubbish, saying that we can't play like the way that we do, and and then then we do even with like a shoddy defence, and and then we go out with performances like those for that. So I think those two are they they've been my standout one so far. I think with that Liverpool game as well, if you think back, they had a penalty, didn't they? That wouldn't have been a penalty a few weeks later in the season. Scored another penalty, and I think they scored a set a couple of set piece goals. Um, you know, and just like the goals that we scored were, you'd, you'd think that a promoted team would be scoring the type of goals that Liverpool scored, if anything. And, you know, we came in and we just took them by storm, pretty much. So I think you have to say a statement goes, definitely those two games were brilliant to watch um, and really enjoyable and kind of opened everyone's eyes to what Leeds would be like in the Premier League. I think you've got to chuck in tonight's result as well at West Brom. Yeah, okay. I would say t- tonight, especially with everything that's gone on this 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 week, with I say everything that's gone on, but like like we've just touched on that people have just been and pundits saying that we can't play the way we have after Man United, and then we uh, go and shit house a one nil win against Burnley, and then go and absolutely obliterate the media's uh, darling Sam Allardyce uh, talk sports. <laughs> kind of way, so. um, yeah, I think I think it's more the satisfaction of tonight that's uh, that's sort of make, makes today, today very, very good one. I think for me, like, you, you're right, tonight has felt really, really sweet. And I think because it was quite important as well, we all knew that the next two games we, we wanted a minimum of four points from. So to know that we got the three at Burnley and then to be absolutely, to smash West Brom, effectively, they were really shit, but, you know, <laughs> we, we turned up, we made the most of it. And the goals that we scored were absolutely amazing. So... Tonight feels very, very sweet. So I think I'm going to go with tonight's game. Um, moving on then, goal of the season so far. Lots and um, lots of good goals, even just tonight. So over to you guys. It was, was, was Harrison's goal against Newcastle, which I, I just, for me, remember, yeah, that definitely just it had everything. That sort of, uh, that running half length of the pitch and just dispatching it with, with all that power out of nowhere. Um and Harrison's had a bit of a bumpy season. He's not been consistent, but I, th- I thought that was that was excellent. Definitely my favourite. Yeah, before tonight, I'd have gone with um, the same Jack Harrison's goal uh, against Newcastle. But after tonight's game, I've got to go with uh, Alioski with his uh, goal against West Brom. Absolutely loved it. Lo- absolutely loved the guy to pieces. Um, so, yeah, I had to go with him. Think I'd probably go for Rafinha at Everton. Think um, for technique of how he hit it, because it was right under his feet, wasn't it? And he just pinged it into the bottom corner. Big game, you know, that got us to three points. I think in the context of the season and for the quality of what the goal was, I would have gone that one. Also liked, I think, Rodrigo's against Newcastle, mainly just for that touch and ball in from Harrison. Um, I thought that was excellent. And... Um, but yeah, I think any of the West Brom goals uh, could have been our, our goal of the season. 
it, and even Sawyer's, to be honest. So yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to throw in Bam, uh, one of Bamford's at uh, Villa, the uh, one that sort of clip. I always love it when a goal clips the crossbar as it goes, and I always think that makes it a little bit sweeter. And uh, I think it was about 30 seconds after Tyro Mings were trying to rattle him up on floor, and he just sort of picked it up about 30 yards out and just thought, get him in this. And he just rattled it over the top corner. That's that I'll go set same. Same reasoning. <laughs> we're too we alike. I think I'm going to go for Harrison against Liverpool because I think that kind of set the precedent and obviously we, we were great that game but I think it really showed the quality that we have in our team as well it's funny the amount of crap that Harrison gets is featured quite heavily for goals and assists in our little roundup there so obviously does a good job um next one then is player of the season for Leeds so far yeah I'll probably go on as a whole I'd probably go Stuart Dallas um, or, yeah, I'd probably go Dallas on the basis of uh, we've had many top performers, but I also think that he's taken taken well to uh, Premier League football and he's, he's sort of gone up yet another gear. Um, I think we talk a lot about how he's got he's gone up through the gears, I think, since the um, sort of back end to, of Bielsa's first season. He just seems to be getting better and better and He's played right back, left back, central midfield. He can basically play anywhere. Basically play anywhere, and he's just—I think he's been fantastic. But like, I'm sure the others will um, say the same. You could probably pick five or six out of out of our lot. I think if the club did a player of the year award tonight, goodness me, what it'd be so hard to call, wouldn't it? I think previous years it's been there's always been a standout player, but like even Matt says, Dallas has been outstanding. But then you've got Click, you've got Phillips. You've got Ailing, absolutely outstanding as Luke Ailing this season. Don't forget, so underrated in this team. But then you've got Patrick Bamford. You've got to look at Bamford and what he's achieved in the Premier League. How many how many Leeds fans said that Bamford wasn't good enough for this team, for this club? You know, he, he wastes too many chances. And he's taken to the Premier League like dug to water. He's absolutely smashing it. He's made for it, absolutely made for it. He's found his level. He's found his manager. He's found his team. He's found his club. We finally got that player. We all kind of did think that were there as well. So for me, it's between Dallas and Bamford, but you've got to give it for Bamford, I'd say, for his for his achievements so far by scoring double figures, and we've just surpassed Christmas. So that's a massive achievement in its own, really. I, I think I, I would I would have gone for Bamford, but <clears throat> I think um, a player you just mentioned a minute ago, Mass um, Luke Ayling, I think he just gets better and better. Every game, um, I probably like a lot of Leeds supporters was was worried when we ran out of centre backs, uh, <laughs> but you just wouldn't know. I mean, Ailing in in some respects is is, is being probably better than Cock and Cooper. Not that we've seen a great deal of Lorente, but believe he does exist. Uh, you're perhaps in a parallel universe somewhere. But uh, Ailing um, has has been a revelation for me at centre back. He he's comfortable running it into midfield. At times, he was almost walking past the uh, the West Brom players in in the middle of the park. I I just think yeah, I, I'm I'm now probably missing him on the right uh, on the right flank though, hammering in the odd goal. Um, that's probably all that's missing. But you, you can't criticise him. Um, his performances are our captain's performances when he's playing. I, I just think an, an absolutely superb player for me. Definitely player of the season. Yeah, I'd agree with Matt there. I was going to go Aileen just because I think he's probably been the only player that I think's been consistently seven, eight, nines all season. I think Click started the season really, really well. He dipped a little bit the last month or so. Um, Phillips has been a bit up and down, but you know recently he's been more up. And then obviously the guys have said Bamford and Dallas who have been superb. All obviously I want to say. Um, for Meslier as well. I think he deserves a good shout-out for um, what he's done in the Premier League so far. Um, what, six clean sheets is it now? Which might be some kind of a record for the youngest keeper, which is amazing to say it's not even January yet and kind of proves that, you know, he is, you know, he's he's fitting in in this team and in the Premier League and he's getting a lot of praise from former goalkeepers as well. So whilst I would say Ailing, I think, Meslier deserves a big shout out as well. 
Yeah, I'm torn again on this one. Um, I think Luke Aileen's been outstanding these last two games. I think he's been a real leader for the squad when, obviously, when Coops hasn't been there. But then, on the other hand, you've got Bamford, who's scored his 10 goals so far this season. is absolutely incredible achievement. So, um, yeah, torn between them two. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably go for Bamford. Did you guys see, um, I think I'd go for Ailing as well, by the way, but did you guys see what Pontus had commented on Instagram the other day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that. When that's better than you, you know, your time's up or something. Or something like <laughs> yeah. that. I think it sounds like Ailing gets Pontus's player of the season so far as well. Yeah. Um, moving on then to the biggest award, who has been your Leeds United shithouse of the season so far? Paul Merson. <laughs> <laughs> End of thread. That'll be a bungalow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't forget Gabby. Karen Carr. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought we were going to talk about which Leeds United player had well, top we were. <laughs> To be fair, for a moment, I would say Alioski against Arsenal went full wind-up merchant, didn't he? Got Pepe sent off and then got that Scottish lad raging, didn't he? So um, <laughs> that, for me, was a pretty good moment it would have been sweeter if we'd have won the game but um you know getting someone to headbutt you and lose this shit at the end of the game for I don't know for just being Alioski that is kind of sums him up really so I say that was one of my favorite moments shithouse moments of the season I mean I don't know if you can class it as top, as top level shithousery but but Melier is very handy isn't he with uh, with defenders um when when crosses come in this is a new aspect to his game I think he's certainly um, one of the rising stars of shithousery. Um, and I've got a quite like Rodrigo's sort of um, friendly arm round the shoulder for Robinson in the, uh, in, in the box tonight as well. So I, I think there's, there's rising stars of shithousery. It's not, it's not all going to be all Alioski's way this season, I don't think. Again, I'm going to throw another one into the hat, but he's not a Leeds player. The referee from the Burnley game did an absolute a trim <laughs> job of winding up Ashley Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, kill him. Oh, when he gave him that yellow card, he was raging. <laughs> what about Daesh? Rob, Rob, what time can I come in? Let me know what time I can come in. <laughs> was it true that um, Sean Deitch, um he measured out the pitch, didn't he, or something stupid before the game? Yeah, oh, he walked it. <laughs> so he's old school. Proper PE behaviour. Did he not get his steps in for that day or something? <laughs> oh. God. Right, final one then. Who is your Leeds United rising star of the 2021 season so far? Uh, what's his name, the translator? Adam... Um, <laughs> what do you call it? <laughs> <laughs> He's like petrified, isn't he, to make a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't see it in his eyes. Yeah, the best bit is when they conf- he's Bielsa confirms something to him or he doesn't get the question. He's just like, he almost has that look of thunder, doesn't he? And he's like, oh, crap, have I said something wrong? Oh, sorry. That's a That's great shout. Strike. He gets my vote too. That's a strike if we're going on players. It's a, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? I think... He's only come in a couple of games, hasn't he? But you saw with Derby, final game of last year, Charlton, I think, as well, he played. And obviously, the under-23s just look so comfortable and he's got a bit of composure about him. And Chris mentioned on the, the pod earlier about versus Cooper, you know, he's that left-sided centre-back. Bielsa does like that type of player. Just looks comfortable on the ball, doesn't rush, doesn't panic, hasn't got a mistake in him. It looks like he's been in this first team for years. He's just slotted in. And normally when you've got a young player that comes into a team, especially at high-level Premier League, you're always a bit nervous and a bit worried about him. It never crosses my mind, really. Um, but then obviously Meslier is another shout, really, isn't it? But I'll stick with Pascal Strike. I think he's going to be... Well, already he's the best Dutch centre-back in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll chip in and I, 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 I will give Melier his, uh, his his due um, accolades. I, I, it's so easy to forget what a young 
keeper he is uh, and what a tough job he's got with that. Uh, well, certainly for the, the prior to the last two games, with the way the defence was performing in front of him, what a job he's had. I mean, he, I think he's uh, he, has he stopped the most. He's had the most saves of any keeper, has he? Or the second most saves of any keeper in the Premier League this season after Sam Johnston. Um, he's. Um, I remember he came in in the in the transfer window last January, and I think. I, amongst many, were, was a bit underwhelmed. You know, we've got here's another unexperienced keeper for the under-23s, but he's displaced Casilla. Um, I don't know. I, I think I might have been able to displace Casilla, potentially, he, he, with some of his performances. But he, he's done he's done so well. He, he's he's um, You do wonderful that other teams are going to come in for him. I, I, think, I think he's that good. For, for me, he's, he's our rising star. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with Matt. I think Stroitz, um would win my vote. Um, you only have to look at the last two games. I think he's come in, slotted in perfectly, and he just looks so strong. But then I think next year I'd like to see a bit more of Paveda and see if he could come in a bit more because um, I think he could be something really special as well. When he's come on, he's, he's looked full of energy, he's full of speed. Um, but yeah, Stroitz could win my vote in that category. Is Rafinha too old to say it's rising star? But I think he's already my favourite player. I'd put a rising star from kind of a young player that's literally come through academy or out of the blue. And I think Rafinha's had a couple of good couple of years at, at Rennes and he's been at Sporting in Portugal as well, hasn't he? He's kind of kind of played at a high level really already, hasn't he? Well, I think Stroik and Meslier are players that are literally just breaking through, aren't they? And amongst others as well. But I get, I get what you're saying. Is, is what about, we talked about him earlier, Matt, about absolute snip of 17 million. He's, I've already got images of him holding the World Cup up in Qatar, so <laughs> he's, he's going to get better. But yeah, if I was to yeah, like I say, like with you, you, I'd say um, you've got to say Melier, aren't you? Really, from um, he's been in all season, you were thrown in it. You'd probably like to say like is the deep end really, like from last from last season when um, his ban went through, um, and he's he, he's just getting better. I think he just needs to start. The only um, side to him that you'd say needs improving is just from. Um, probably collecting crosses more rather than uh, punching them, uh, which is something that always seems to wind me up with goalkeepers. But that's like the only, uh, it's like the only downfall you'd have with him. His distribution's amazing and he's a brilliant shot stopper. So he's he's, he's almost a like complete keeper at twenty years old, is it? Well, if you won't let Matt have Rafinha, then you're probably not going to let me have Pablo, are you? Um, so I will probably <laughs> say. <laughs> Uh, running out of players um, but yeah I agree Melier definitely um, strikes done very well I think Shackleton's always look accomplished when he's come on um, he did very well against Aston Villa in a game that we won and I think the last couple of times he's come on and given us a lot of energy in the middle of the park and I think um, and I don't know if Click got a knock against West Brom but um, I don't know how bad it was but he might be coming into might be getting more game time in January so but I think he's looked at home in the middle um, and suits our style of play. So, um, yeah, I'd go I'd go Melier and special shout out to Shackleton as well. So am I allowed to ask my, uh, my youngest son, Tristan, who's, uh, who sat quietly next to me, who he thinks the best Leeds player was tonight? Is he allowed to say anything? Of course, get him Tristan, who was your favourite player tonight? Just say, you can speak. <laughs> He's gone quiet for the first time. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you can speak. Stuart Dallas, he says. Good call. I agree. No, it was Calvin Phillips. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to decide. They're all great. So now we're going to move on to our fabulous game of Guess Who, but we're going to make it a team game today, seeing as there's so many of us. I have made it slightly easier this week. I think it's just the festive spirit making me a bit nicer. But for anyone that's not listened or not played before, the rules are really simple. I've got three clues for you to guess which Leeds United player I am. Um, And if you know the answer, you just need to buzz in. So as we've kind of said, Matt BB, 
Matt M and Tristan are Team A, and this is your buzzer. Patrick Bamford, he's on fire. And Dan and Lucy and Matt B, this is yours. If I'm a Leeds fan, I'm fuming. I'm fuming. Clue number one. I was born in Porto Alegre, Brazil, which just happens to be the same place that Ronaldinho was born. (laughs) (laughs) Straight in there. Straight in there. Who do you think it is? He's got it in one. No. That was way too simple. I'm going to have to find someone else. Hang on. I know, I'm not having this. Get me I thought you were going to go like... I thought you were going to go like Rocky Jr. or something. <laughs> I said I made it easy, but I didn't think it was going to be that easy. Jeez. We've only got um... a million in a squad. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be a current player. That's the two Brazilians in his lot. <laughs> but we had three. <laughs> Right, we'll do another one. This one's definitely much more difficult. Right, so, <laughs> let me just think. I'm not I'm not going to answer this now. I feel dreadful. No, no, <laughs> no. we need to win. We need to win. You need to answer. We right. have to win this. Sorry. <laughs> you, you were. Straight off the map. Right, next player then. And clue number one. This player played for us between 2005 and 2007 with 38 appearances. Ha, not so easy this that's, time, is it? That's, that's <laughs> no, that could be about <laughs> 87. <laughs> Was he a lone player? <laughs> right, this one might make it a little bit easier. This player got married in 2003 with former York City teammate Jonathan Greening as his best man. Patrick Bamford. Ah, he's on fire. Go on, who do you think it is? Is it Richard Craswell? It is! Maybe that one, MVP. That was good. That was very good. I know they they played at York together as kids, didn't they? But we'll do another one then. We'll do best. Well, I know you've done best of three, but I'll let you do. Come on, team. I think it is. (laughs) Is um, Timmy still here? Apparently. He's just getting these well, you know. I'm sure (laughs) he's helping. (laughs) Is he on Wikipedia, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) He's got Siri listening to me. (laughs) He's currently going through through Richard's (laughs) Reds. (laughs) Right, player number three, clue one. This player started his professional career at Leeds United in 1998. Nick Barnby. Incorrect. Oh. Hey, you lose points. They can't go. I feel like you get a free hit at guessing who it is before I read out the third question. Ooh. The third clue. St Middlesbrough. Got a clue. I mean, sorry, B. No, you don't get it. clues. You get free clues. <laughs> <laughs> Team B get a free hit at guessing who that is based on the last two clues. Don't ask me Do you pass it back onto Team A if they don't get it right? Absolutely not. No. It'll go to two three and then whoever's quickest. Did Woodgate play for Borough? He didn't play three times. That's, 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 the, name that, that's the name that's coming off my tongue. If I'm a Leeds fan, I'm fuming. I'm fuming. I... Shall we just go for it? We'll go, with John, we'll go with Jonathan Woodgate. <gasps> Correct. It hey. I knew hey. it. <laughs> You managed I to get I one point. Stints there, though. That's what was yeah, throwing yeah. me off. Oh, Woodgate was the first one that came to my mind, but I'll, surely he's not yeah. been there three times. We went back on loan. Yeah, so it was we on loan good. 2006 yeah. to 2007, which then became permanent 2007 2008, and then back again 2012 to 2016. Oh yeah, of course he went back there, didn't he? Okay, 
This player played for Leeds United between 2016 and 2017. Well, that could be about 48. <laughs> um, Maybe. About four years ago, wasn't it? Four seasons. Bielsa's a... Just for the single season, Vicky? That's what Wikipedia tells me. I mean, as a bit of an extra clue to clue one, they technically went out on loan in 2017, so they didn't fully leave Leeds until the end of 2017. Oh, 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 oh. Mm, no, actually. <laughs> clue number two. This player's number, for the most part, is number eight. Da, da, Patrick Bamford. Mm. Ah, he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> What's your guess, Jimmy? What, what was that point? Is it Tommy Bianchi? It is not. Oh. Team B, you've got another free hit and you could level it up with this. What, what was the clue again? So, clue, two, clue one is that oh, um, oh, played for Leeds between 2016 and 17, and clue two was that he wore number eight. And oh. you've got a free hit. Um... Did you, is that before you and who came? Uh, came what, 14, I think. Uh, uh. Number eight in that season. Uh, uh. Mm. No, I'm not. I'm not got an idea at the minute. It's definitely Monk season, isn't it? I think so. Oh. Or it would have been, yeah. I it's Monk's. It's Monk's. 17, 18 with Christiansen. 1819 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19. yeah. Monk. Oh, Vicky, is that a, uh, is he somebody referring to Google on that answer? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they may be yeah. dragging it out. We quickly went from not knowing what season it was, and then he just reeled off all the managers. And... I knew. Yeah, you're going to have to give me a guess, Team B, or I'm going to give clue number three, and Team A might steal it. Lucy, you're meant to be Googling in this time. <laughs> I'm stalling. I'm trying. Stalling. Ten seconds. I ain't got one. I can't remember. I so. Right, Get clue three, and you're both back in the game. I was going to say Luke Murphy, but I don't think he played for us that season. I think he was there. It's not Luke Murphy. Quite a long one there as well, weren't he? Right, final clue. This player is a French professional who currently plays for Morecambe as a defensive midfielder. Oh, oh, Team B. If I'm a Leeds fan, I'm fuming. I'm fuming. I... <sighs> Come on. Go on, Team B. I, I can't say his name. Daikaraga. Daikaraga. <laughs> yes. Imani <laughs> Diaraga. <laughs> is it not Dave? I've levelled it up. It's Dave. Dave yeah. It's Dave. Well done. That's a good one. I'll tell you how Very I know good. that as well. Because my flatmate supports Morecambe, so I got a bit oh, of a that clue sold me right there, yeah. <laughs> right, well, it's finished 2 2, so I think that's a fair way to leave it for the end of this current year. Come back to We'll pick you it up again at the, we'll do a full team one at the end of the season and see who can win. You can't finish on a 2 2. No, we're <laughs> not finding another bloody player. <laughs> Right, I'll tell you what I'll do sudden death. I'll, I'll give you a player and you have to tell me what their number was. Oh, God. I'm good at this. <laughs> well, we've got the squad list in front of us now, so we should be good at this. <laughs> I've just got LUFC no, stats on the other line. <laughs> 2004 to 2006 season with Leeds United. What was Paul Butler's number? Oh. <laughs> It sounds like you've got it already, team here. <laughs> what do you think? He's on fire. Yeah, I think it's six. Correct. Oh, Damn it. Boom. Champions. Pulled it back, but they, they stuck it in the end. Oh. <laughs> See, everyone would have been much happier ending on 2 2. <laughs> He's ruined it. <laughs> Leeds are going to win the Leeds are going to win the league. I'm staving my buzzer as well. <laughs>
So that's us for our final podcast of 2020 and what a year we have had. On a personal note, we just want to thank every single one of you for taking the time out to download and help us make our way up the top 50 UK charts. We still need your support, so please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does go a long way. We hope you all have a great new year and we'll see you on the other side. Podcast Network.